0: Welcome to Infinity War and Beyond, the podcast where we stumble through the MCU by watching one Marvel Studios film each week until we reach the mega epic blockbuster that is Avengers Infinity War. I'm Billy, and I will be your host this week as we look at Black Panther. As always, joining me
1: is my co-host, Christoph. How are you, friend? Yeah, I look, I'm a bit Oh, friend. I think I want to address that first. Oh, look, I just thought we were work associates, so this is, this is big news in my life. That we're, that we're friends. I mean, I feel like... I did say friend with
0: inverted commas. Oh, okay. And, and he did, and he did as he said audio. it, like,
1: shake his head at me and stare me dead in the eyes as if to say, this is all an act. Yes. Um, look, I'm doing all right. I, in classic crystal fashion, uh, I always severely underestimate the commitment involved in your know, making time to um, to watch a Marvel film in a week mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then to come and uh, come over to you so we can record and because we try to have a few in the kitty um, often well as I've said before we record to a week so last night I was trying to squeeze in of in a film and as these films sometimes be, uh, uh, become in my life it was less of a film and more of a barrier to me getting to sleep and then today, I, we came in, we, we watched Black Panther. And it was nice to see this film in the cinema. And it felt like less of a chore because I didn't... Like, I haven't seen Black Panther before. So it, it, so it was nice to have that. Oh, I actually don't know what's going to happen. Whereas usually with these films, of course, it's a rewatch. So we know what's going to happen.
0: Okay. Now, well, yeah, as we've discussed, this is the Black Panther episode. Yeah, but well, we're um, breaking with tradition a little bit here. Yeah, we? we're doing something a bit different. We figured... Uh, now that Black Panther is currently out,
1: we will release um, this episode first. Oh, and this then... is awkward because I thought we weren't going to podcast with any clothes on. That's why I came, butt naked and oiled up. Oh, this is very awkward for you because you're fully clothed.
0: <laughs> Christoph making things awkward since he was born.
1: <laughs> that is what it says. That is what it's going to say on my on my grave. <laughs>
0: Um, but yes, yeah, so we figured we would do things a little bit different and release this. I know we uh, the podcast is very much like we follow the films as the release order, but mm. figure that since Black Panther is out this week, we'll record it and release it the week after. So this yeah, will like be why out, it's fresh, right? Yeah, so this will be out next week, which as you're listening to it, it this week. Yeah.
1: Um, go so through yeah. that. Oh, go to that saying, by the way, that if you haven't seen the film. Uh, Obviously, this podcast is going to be riddled with spoilers. Yes, we
0: will be discussing the film in depth. I mean, it'll the we will still be doing um, pickups and a few of our normal things, but some of the other stuff we can't really do, delve on because, I mean, box well, office figures aren't aren't out. Of course. Aren't, well, yeah, overall box office figures hmm. aren't done as yet, um, but. This week, this past week was Valentine's Day. How did you spend your Valentine's Day, Christoph?
1: Oh, I, um, you know, part of my, like, I don't know if it's, like, rebellious or, like, an arsehole streak is I, I, as a general rule, don't like celebrating things or doing things if there's, like, a holiday that tells me to. So, usually I go out of my way to so not you, do romantic shit on your, Valentine's Day. So you don't celebrate your birthday? Okay, I celebrate that. Maybe it's just Valentine's Day. It clearly, wedding, it's just Valentine's wedding, Day have a problem. Wedding anniversary? Yes. Yeah, we do. We do celebrate those. Although, admittedly, this year... Well, so my wedding anniversary... Kwanzaa? Christmas? <laughs> my wedding anniversary is one week before Valentine's Day. So, I, I didn't actually do anything specifically on my anniversary day with my wife. Um... This but she you, you can't record it with me. That's right. I'm actually with you recording a podcast. Look, we went out for dinner the following night and stuff. But anyway, so I brought her home. Um, there's like this dried, really nice like dried mango snack she likes. So I brought her home some packets of that and she was nice. very happy. Because nice. she's a simple woman. And that's, I feel like bringing snacks is about the most that I can offer a relationship. She's an
0: extraordinary woman no, to, she's, to deal with you. Yeah, she's the
1: best. Uh, she deals with whatever the hell is going on with me all the time. So... Yeah, they, um, they haven't clinically described it yet. <laughs> I think it's going under Kristoff syndrome. Yes. Um How was your Valentine's Day, Billy? You a big Valentine's Day guy.
0: No, not a big Valentine's Day guy. I mean, usually um uh, for the past couple of years with my partner, we've been watching like... Because a lot of the times, some of the cinemas here in um, Sydney, Australia... Uh, They do... Like anti-Valentine's Day? Yeah, they do like anti... They'll host a horror film or something. And for the past couple of years, we've been going to a couple of those. I mean, we'll go out for dinner or anything. I mean, we'll do the... Buy each other maybe some chocolate or something. That's that's nice. Um, Because, I mean, who doesn't like chocolate?
1: Well, uh, people who are lactose intolerant. Well, they're just stupid. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> well, no, we're just going to lose like, the, the lactose intolerant portion of our audience. Um, you can have carob. <laughs> I'd just like to... I, look, one more. I'd love to do one more anecdote before we get started. And this was, I think, indicative of our relationship. Is at, After the Black Panther film, you looked at me with a judgmental gaze as if to say, spit it out. What didn't you like about this film? Why is this film terrible? Yes, and I was actually surprised that you enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. I, I, I did enjoy this film.
0: Yes, but um, yeah. So oh. my valent back to valent- oh, sorry because you didn't. I'm sorry. You're so rude that you didn't yeah. even
1: ask what I did. Sorry, um, Diva Kristoff over here. Yeah, my about my own life.
0: My partner is currently in Japan on an uh, art sort of. Uh, I, I think no, an art residency, right? An art residency. Because he's, yeah, he's a very talented. It's very artist. hot today, so like I'm like parched and dehydrated. It's it, 38 degrees here in Australia. Be, if, if you were naked, you wouldn't have that problem. 38
1: wait, 38 degrees Celsius. That's right. Which I think is about for our metric, is like 110 Fahrenheit. It, I think. Is it metric listeners? It's um, I think I don't I don't know. All I know is that they get it. Uh, it's why would, like, Celsius makes a lot more sense, but yeah. anyway. Um, but yeah, so we
0: um, had dinner via video chat on Facebook
1: Messenger, and that was nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. 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 Nicely done. Wait, so were you actually eating in front of, like, yes. eating? Through? Was it kind of, like. Weird, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. But no,
0: it was cute. Anyway. Yes. So that was my Valentine's Day. And then I came to watch Black Panther with you. Next day
1: after. The best Valentine's Day gift of all, my terror, my (laughs) my complaining. That's right. So, um, on to Black Panther, what did
0: you initially think of it?
1: Yeah, um, so something I've noticed about this film is that uh, hipsters love the shit out of it. Because Kendrick Lamar was involved in the album. For example...
0: I don't think that's the one reason
1: they like it. Not the it. only reason, but like Triple J, for instance, has been going apeshit over it because they, of course... Triple J is like the youth... The government-run youth station over here. Yeah,
0: like, it's very surprising. Their album of the week... Like, nothing, look, it's a really great album from what I've yeah. listened to it. Um, I mean, I do like Kendrick Lamar's music. Um, there's also someone else that helped curate... Um, the album? The Not the whole album, but the music for Black Panther. It's someone that... I've, I don't have their name, but it's someone who has worked with, um, i trying to think of his name, it's really bad that I've forgotten his name, um, uh, he was, he's playing Young Lando. Um, oh,
1: of course, um, I was going to say Childish Cambino. Yeah, yeah, Childish, but, well but yeah, no, you can't
0: say Childish Cambino. I feel like um,
1: Young Lando sounds like another, like, yeah uh, um, name. But yeah, of course, Donald Glover.
0: Yeah, Donald Glover. So someone who's worked with Donald Glover as his childhood campino, Monica, um, th- they worked on the album. Uh, not, I think on the music for Black Panther. And it's got a
1: lot of big talent attached to yeah, it, really such as uh, like The Weeknd and Anderson Pack. Um, and admittedly, them and Kendrick Lamar are the only real names on that list I know because I'm very uncool when it comes to music. But my point is that yeah,
0: it's Triple J's album of the week. Yeah, which is Triple Weird.
1: J. They did do some press stuff for um for Ragnarok, but I feel like a lot of the Marvel films, they sort of pass it up as too mainstream. But I think... That, yeah, I think, look, and I have
0: nothing... Like, I listen to Triple J. I've listened yeah, I Triple like J Triple J, J, J as, as well, more. but it's a bit wanky. Can yeah, we, yeah, it can be a bit like it's cool to hate shit.
1: Yes. And and definitely, I think, being some sort of film but reviewers that, on Twitter who... And look, I'm I'm guilty of They're throwing shade at the Marvel films, and now every, everyone loves... Black Panther. Yeah, it's very interesting. I guess my point in all this is, I enjoyed the film. I think I'm not. I can't quite pinpoint why, but sort of the Marvel formula that I was growing tired of didn't show in this film. And I think part of it might just be that it was really refreshing to see almost exclusively a cast a a cast of of coloured actors and feeling like as a white Anglo-Saxon person that this was a world sort of outside of my own and that the white characters in this film were an anonymous anon like there I'm not gonna try and say it. there weren't many of them and instead of It was a villain and, and an the, underling and
0: uh, a sort of friendly face.
1: Yes, so, uh what the Everett Ross. Yeah. And sort of Everett Ross kind of falls in line with the way that it the was Wakanda essentially become is. the The new Colson of the Marvel Universe, but he sort of falls in in line. Whereas in a lot of other movies, of course, the black, you know, the 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 characters of color, and if they're from a different culture, they fall in line with the Anglo, sort of uh, Caucasian way of doing things, European way of doing things. So it was refreshing as an as a white guy to watch this movie and be like, oh, this isn't for me. This feels different and new and fresh, and I enjoy. And I think that really. ...freshened up the Marvel formula.
0: I still think it's what we've discussed. I I know I've brought this up before in previous episodes... ...but the whole, like, perimeter ...and Kevin Feige and a few others having more of a...
1: Oh, yes. More control. More control
0: over what they can and cannot do... ...with uh, the Marvel Studios. So, like... ...there's the whole whole very old guard... ...that used to make decisions. And I feel like they are very much of the decisions... Um, that have people have hindered, and we mentioned it in an Iron Man three episode how um, you know the main villain was meant to be a woman. It was meant to be a woman, and it's not. That was before the old guard had no more control over the um, Marvel Studios film. So we'll double check once we're off the show which film was the first film officially.
1: Oh yeah, in the Disney era. Oh no, sorry, post post, post Ike uh,
0: post Marvel. Yeah, splitting. Um, because I feel like, you know, even though it did happen, I feel like the ramifications from that only happens like once a film is in production.
1: Of course, and there were so many that were still in production. I yeah, think. and
0: I feel like maybe this Black Panther film may have been made differently if it was still with that old guard. Well, would it
1: have gotten made?
0: That's the other thing as well.
1: Because um, something I'd like to point out, and this is, I'm going to get back on my being a grumpy bastard shtick. But I think people are very quick to praise Disney and to praise companies when they you know, put out films of Black Panther as being you know, progressive and forward thinking. And make no mistake, these companies do it when it's financially viable. I mean, there was no doubt in anyone's mind that this movie was going to clean the fuck up. This was not a financial no, but risk. I,
0: I know, No, I know that. But I feel <laughs> but, like in the past, Disney has been giving shit about that. And I feel like this is a good step for them. I guess forward. my point
1: is that I, credit is due, but not to Disney. It's due to um, Ryan Coogler, the director... Chadwick Bozeman, you know the creatives in yeah, but, the, the creatives involved yeah, who have been championing these yeah, films, and the fans. True, but
0: also Disney are putting the money behind this. So I feel but like They know it's going to clean up. No, no I, mean, I know that. Know, but I, there's yeah, no
1: financial risk here, Billy. Yeah,
0: I know that, but I also feel like you know Disney could have said no, but they said yes. So it's like them <laughs> trying No, could, no. Oh, so I, they could I, have been dicks, me, but they no, no, weren't. So I, we should praise no, them. No, no. I'm not saying we praise them. I feel like they have made like some sort of step forward to you know. Doing things better. Mm. Look, which I'm not. I feel is a good thing.
1: Like yeah, if... I'm not saying. It, I think it is a step forward, but I think it's. As I pointed to you, I said to you in the cinema, like, we saw fucking Howard the Duck on screen before we got a, yeah, a superhero pretty of cool. color. That's So. And a female film. It, as well. I mean, and I don't mean to detract from the fact that this movie is a huge step forward and it's, it's great, but I, again, I think we need to remember that as fans. And as creative and creative people, we need to push and demand better films and films that have better well, that's, representation that's, because the companies aren't gonna give well, it to us I until feel, they know it's financially viable. I know that's that, but opinion.
0: I feel like the old guard is the goal, old guard that is that used to hinder that is going away. Yes, like for I mean, sure. um, I read about well, while talk while researching for the Guardians of the Galaxy film, which will, um, talk about it in a couple of episodes um i was reading about captain marvel now captain marvel was originally going to be in the jessica jones series because okay. weird fit well because in the jessica jones comics okay like she the character with? of captain marvel um Carol Danvers. Carol Danvers is um, Jessica Jones's really good friend on in the comics. Oh, uh, and they and in the TV show they they were going to have that
1: as they, her friend, but instead they have Trish. Yeah,
0: yeah, they have Trish who becomes um, Hellcat in the comics. Um, now it's back to that Ike thing that I mentioned. I think once that happened, they're like, no, now we can do a female film. Yep, first female film, Captain Marvel. It, again, it's going to be I feel like, no but Ten years like in the future I know that I, I mean, feel like, like ten years after these movies first But that's yeah. the whole thing like, It takes like three or four years For a film to be produced Yes So it's... I feel like, yeah We're only seeing the effects Of the old guard going away now Okay, yeah Look, That's a
1: That's
0: like, I feel a like Black Panther Is one of the first ones which, And it's a great success
1: It's an amazing film I loved yeah. it Look, I, I have no doubt That this movie will clean up At the box office Hopefully it does I'd well, love to I see any yeah, I would love to mind. see a sequel to Black Panther and you know I, I, I think I think there will be I guess my hope is that they're able to bring back a, a lot of it like Ryan I mean Ryan we'll did a really great job I'm here I'm sure he'd
0: love to do a second film I mean it just all depends on
1: a post infinity War Marvel Cinematic yeah, Universe for sure yeah well look do we want to jump to the trailer and then I get mm. into context yes. I have seen gods fly. I've seen men build weapons that I couldn't even imagine. Uh-huh. I've seen aliens drop from the sky. Yeah. But I have never seen anything like this. How much more are you hiding?
0: Hold up. Let's go! go. go. And bow down. We own now. We own now. We only get you started now. Cause we own now. Everybody think they know me now. Cause we own now. You and I'm my own. Cause we own now. I waited my entire life for this. I, the world's gonna start
1: over. I'm gonna burn it all. What happens now determines what happens. To the rest of the world.
0: You will not be able to stay home, brother. You will not be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. What's coming up, forever? The revolution will not be televised. Let's have some fun. So, yes, uh, the film this this week's episode is Black Panther. Uh, Black Panther is directed by Ryan Coogler, um, who is... Sorry, excuse me. He's also, he's um, creator of the Creed film, which was sort of oh. like a spin-off from the
1: Rocky film saga and Apollo, Apollo Creed's son. Uh, who, of course, played by Michael B. Jordan. So yes. that would... Explain why. Uh, well, not explain why Michael B. Jordan was in this film, but I could mm. imagine he already had a relationship with him, yeah. so it would have been easy to sell him on this film.
0: Now, Black Panther was created by Stanley and Jack Kirby,
1: um, two white guys creating a creating an yeah. African character. What could go wrong? Um,
0: and it was in 1966, um,
1: and he first appeared in Fantastic Four 52. Because he was a Fantastic Four ally initially, yeah, or he sort of like a not a villain but a bit of an opposing force.
0: A bit of both. It was I was curious about it because I thought like because the way things work in the during back in the day when Marvel the rights and everything, if a character appeared in a comic, they were technically part of that universe. So if the Black
1: Panther appeared in the Fantastic Four film first. I would have thought he would have been owned by Fox, but mm. that's not the case here. Interesting that you bring up the Fantastic Four, given that Michael B. Jordan played the uh, Human Torch in yes. the latest ill-fated Fantastic Four oh film. Oh my
0: god, it was such a shit film. Um, and
1: now it's in Black Panther. Uh, I, I haven't seen that Fantastic Four film and I intend to never see it. Oh my god, it's so bad. Really bad. I've, yeah, but as soon as they said they had Josh Trank attached, like, he just seemed like a wanker. Yeah, I would have wa- I'd rather watch the original Fantastic Four Film. Wait, there's one from, like, the 70s? Is there one from the... There's one from the 80s. Oh, the 80s one that, of That's course... really bad. That they parody and, um, in Arrested Development?
0: Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Black Panther is... P- Black Panther, who is a T'Challa, is played... T'Challa. T'Challa. He is played by Chadwick Boseman.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, big... A big cast here in terms of some of the star power. Mm-hmm. Some names jump out, such as Angela Bassett, and of course, Michael, pre- Michael B. Jordan yeah, is, playing, pre- um, Eric um, is playing Mary Killmonger
0: Stevens. And Peter Nyongo
1: is playing Nakia. What else is she in? Because her name rings a bell. She Let me has... You know what? Let me have a look. I have the internet. I can figure it out for myself. Okay. Um, uh, also, of course, Martin Freeman reprising his role as Everett Ross, mm-hmm. and Andy Serkis reprising his role as Yulsi's Claw, who yes. we first saw in Avengers. The
0: bit of Nyong'o is uh, in Star Wars Last Jedi. Oh, okay.
1: Wait, who did she play in that? Have, have she wasn't on screen. It was voice for a computer oh, character. of course, for um, Maz Kanata. Yes. Ah, okay, all right. Well, that's probably where I know her from.
0: All right. Yeah. Um, but she's very much a um, Broadway actress as well. Probably. Really? Yeah interesting Mm.
1: Uh, yeah no the cast in this film was just A plus and I wonder if I wonder if part of part of it was like the Marvel Studios at this point has such a big name and I can imagine if you're an actor of uh, you know an actor of colour you would just know know just how important a film like this is yeah uh, in terms of uh, representation and uh, yeah and how uh, I mean I think this film is definitely going to be looked back upon as a as an important point in pop culture. Yes. Um, yeah, so the film is set a couple of months after Captain America Civil War. That's what I, yeah, noticed. Like almost, I mean, not immediately after, but in terms of the events, of months, yeah, it's like dealing with the ramifications of that film. Yes. And the death so, of T'Challa's father.
0: Yeah, so in Captain America Civil War, T'Challa's father um, died, consequently in the attack, bombing of the United Nations yeah. that... Uh, Zemo did and blamed on Uh, the Winter Soldier Soldier. and so uh, T'Challa is coming home for his crowning ceremony um, because now he's the king Um, now on the way to I guess home in the crowning ceremony he wants to pick up a friend who is Lepurin Yongo, who is she's playing Okyo
1: Who's like, like sort um, of a spy for Wakanda, or like she's sort of doing covert ops for Wakanda, liberating? In this case, she's liberating yeah. um, women who are being illegally trafficked. Yes.
0: Um, so we see get like our first fight scene in that, which is pretty
1: great, actually. Yeah, I like that. You know what? I uh, I think the the interesting thing about this film is not only is it great for for um for a black representation but in terms of female representation yes I uh, like I would say it's the cast is you know 50% women at least and T'Challa is pretty much always surrounded by strong female characters yes who play a significant role and are able to handle themselves
0: mhm now the mo- the um, the creation of the film um, mm-hmm. it was written by Ryan Coogler um, who directed the film but also co-wrote co-written by- co-wrote correct by Joe Robert Cole as well so as discussed uh, it was released within the past week um, now the we won't have the box office details for this but closer to Infinity War um, for our Thor Ragnarok episode we will do sort of like a refresh of Black Panther at the end of it and we will do a previously in the MCU universe
1: um, please never do that voice again everyone. why <laughs>
0: It sounds like previously on X-Men.
1: Really, X-Men was your go-to for a show that had I been used to through. love that at the beginning of the X-Men uh-huh. animated series. Okay, see, I never, I, I was too young for that, so I never actually, I never watched the X-Men animated series right Yeah, young. you're like reverse Benjamin Button.
0: You were born,
1: uh, like and born. came out like as an old man, yeah. and you still are an old yeah. man. Yeah, <laughs> what, <laughs> Just an old man on the inside. I don't think I'm going to change. I'm just going to become more bitter as I get older. More of an old man. Do we even have a soul? <laughs> or oh, what? Well, that's a lot. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know. So the budget for this film was $200 million, Yes. $50 million more than Iron Man. Yes. And you've talked about in previous episodes uh, that a huge chunk of the Iron Man budget through his suit. I wonder I what like chunk it, of this yeah, budget was T'Challa's suit.
0: I feel like it was a lot of his suit and some of the other... Um, special effects like blasters and also
1: because <clears throat> like film, the film his um uh his plane yeah air, and
0: aircraft yeah and I think the the effects the um the vibranium
1: weapons have as well yeah that. of course there was a lot of uh, special effects associated with them
0: yeah so at the beginning of the film we notice like sort of we, give, we get given a brief description of how Wakanda came about um Yeah. So, like a a recap, right? Yeah. So, like five um, African tribes were warring over a meteorite, a large meteorite, vibranium, which crashed onto Earth. Um, Now they came together um, to uh, they came together and sort of
1: formed Wakanda. Yes, under of course led by the first Black Panther. Yes, Um, who
0: eats a heart shaped herb, which is from a plant derived from the vibranium
1: and that gives the Black Panther his powers uh, which is essentially almost like a super soldier serum. Kind of yeah. I think what's cool about the Black Panther concept is a way that it's so hevi- heavily wrapped up in an idea of legacy and leadership mm-hmm. um, and the idea that you that this Black Panther character is you know, obviously the political leader of the country as a king, but also sort of the warrior, yeah. the warrior leader as well. The kind, kind of thing that I
0: like is, there's a lot of pulp heroes that are like that. they like the mantle is passed down. Like the to this, is a great example. Yeah, like the mantle is passed down to the son, and the son, or or daughter in some cases, becomes that particular it's 2018. No, it becomes that. There was a female Phantom for a while.
1: I think... Uh, the com- like the female Phantom comic was called Girl Phantom. No, Not no, no. There name. was an
0: actual like in the Phantom comics. There was a okay. female
1: Phantom. I she just... took
0: over for her brother for a little while. Interesting. Which happens actually in it, the Marvel comics. It does for Black Shuri, Panther. Shuri, um, who is who is T'Challa's uh, ch- uh, sister, younger sister. She takes over in the comics and becomes the Black Panther
1: that's right I remember I have that run or at least like the first arc when she takes on the mantle yes um, I'm trying to but I can't for the life of me remember the creative team behind it because it's probably close to five years ago right yeah but I remember it being quite good
0: mm. now <clears throat> it also flashes back to what did you think see it shows um, 1992 <laughs> um, it flashes back the to the yeah what did you think of that scene so in this scene like it's um, t'chaka hmm. um, which is uh, like dad yeah as black panther visiting essentially his brother hmm. who is so wakandan um, agents that are sort of like based around the world are called do they have war, a special name war, in this war dogs are they called wa- they're called war dogs yeah war dogs and they're okay. sort of like you know the they provide intel back to
1: wakanda on what's happening around the world um, so essentially it allows Wakanda to be aware of what's happening in the world without being a part of it Which was yeah. a big theme in this film Isolationist Which felt very poignant uh, Given sort of the current things going on in America And around the world With mm. the rise of populist and uh, nationalist politics Yeah, so what happens is we find out that um, So it's been stated in the previous films
0: That Ulysses Claw, um, He stole Vibranium from Wakanda He's like the first person to ever Breach Wakanda's borders. Um, and we find out that T'Chaka's brother, Njobu, um, Prince Njobu, uh, has become sort of radicalized because of his time in the real world and can see how everything is very. Well, basically, how shitty black people, or people of color, are treated. And also the rest of the world as well. And that, like, you know, Wakanda, with their advanced technology and everything, can actually
1: help heal the world. Yes. And so... It was interesting because that sort of... It felt like it, it uh, sort of wrote a fine line. Because really, to me, the movie was about... Like, the the Michael B. Jordan's character's point was... We could end the oppression of people of colour. Basically, at yes. Hand of Whites. And so to me, it felt like it was a film about racism. But it sort of tries to uh, bring it back to this idea of... Should Wakanda... Uh, hide in the shadows would be part of the world I feel like it didn't want to get too political so no. I, I I know it. like these are Marvel films so yeah. it's never going to take a a strong side but I do wish that they'd push that some of those ideas a little bit further and nuance them a bit more
0: yeah so we find out that the reason Ulysses Claw finds out where the vibrating is stored that was stolen is because N'Jobu led him to it yeah so yeah and then we just and we just see that it leads that N'Jobu has to come back to Wakanda to face the council's wrath. Yeah, to face, to, uh, to face
1: sort of, yeah, his punishment. Yeah.
0: Um, it then just goes back to the present day and discusses uh, T'Chaka's
1: death at the hands of Zemo. Mm. Uh, the, the flashback is becoming more common in a lot of these films. Yes. I mean, like... We got it in Captain America Civil War in the opening. Mm-hmm. Now, admittedly, in that case, there was a device, like an inbuilt plot device, that memory band thing that Tony Stark was wearing. Yep. that uh, it allows us to have it. But um, but like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy also has this where it starts off with Peter Quill in the hospital yep. and then flashes forward. I think it's sort of a good way of building, in, building intrigue or grounding characters. And it is, in the case of Black Panther, it sort of builds intrigue that... Uh, it pays off later in the film.
0: So, what do you want to talk about? What pickup would you like to speak about?
1: Um, Yeah, well, I'd love to talk about. I'm keen to get your read on this. Is I. Uh, yesterday on Triple J that we mentioned before, they spoke to Ryan Kugler briefly. Yeah. And he discussed it. Obviously, you know, I assume it's a pretty stock standard with any of these films, but he came in with some ideas he wanted to bring to the film, and Disney gave him some, you know, ideas and elements they wanted in the film. And one of those elements that Disney wanted was the. James Bond, uh, the sort of James Bond feel to, to Charla, And th- did that come through to you? Because yeah, I no, had that did. in the I back mean, of my mind, so that I felt it did, but it tampered my experience. So did you sort of feel Vigar like No,
0: Yeah, I did. I mean, that, that is the case in a lot of the Black Panther comics. Like, he is sort of <clears throat> looking after Wakanda's interests while also routing out wrongs in the world. And yeah, he's he, on the world stage. I but. mean, that's the thing. He's a panther, so he's working from the shadows.
1: Mm. And yeah, what did he think of the car, the remote driving, where his sister remo- remotely drives a car while he's on it? I, I thought, feel like
0: it. I feel like it suits the whole, tech advanced tech mm. aspect,
1: aspect. It felt very James Bond to me, right? Like that yeah. would not be out of place in a James Bond film. But I thought well, it was Mission better. Possible. Mm. Very true. Yeah. But no, I. I Something else that came up, and I guess it to pl- the James Bond elements, is it felt like a better version of Batman? Yeah, like- no, look, I do feel that, like, wait, Batman as a whole, or Batman... The Okay, the, uh, the more recent Batman films, where they're getting a little bit too, too sort of, uh, they're fetishizing his sadness and broodiness a bit too much, and mm. not focusing on, like, the cool gadgets and technology as much, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, okay. No, yeah, look, I do feel like Black Panther is a little bit better in regards to, like, you know, he does have, but he also has, you know, the money from a country.
1: Yeah, and I think that makes it, like, his, it makes sense that he has, the, the like, the best gadgets and the best technology, because he literally has an entire nation mm. behind him, and, like, the world's only supply of vibranium. Yeah. What did you think of vibranium in this film? I mean, they expanded the definition of it quite broadly. In what way? Well, initially in the Marvel universe, it's oh, this is the strongest metal, and now it's like it pretty much does everything. Well, no, I mean, I've seen it in the Marvel comics. It's I've seen. Is it it sort of like a wonder drug or well, I mean, like
0: well, that's the thing. Like, I mean the, I mean they used it to the 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 metal and sort of the, um, I guess properties of it can has been altered and changed and for all their tech so i mean i mean they've been using it for years and years and years so of course they're like you know they'll have more better healing than other countries type of, <laughs> i don't know yeah, like, it,
1: i don't think it's made out to be wonder drug like i mean does, the it does everything from... though Not... it makes like flying planes and it heals a guy's spine well you know it's tech based off something okay Stop being grumpy. <laughs> um, so I know you're a big fan of that of the opening, not the uh, not the opening scene, but I guess it's a second key action scene mm-hmm. in the Korean underground casino. Yeah, yeah. I was keen to sort of get your get get your read on that because again, I guess that felt sort of James Bondy and spy.
0: Yeah, look, I mean, they were trying to stop the um, arms deal. I mean. I did like the... Disc- like, I mean, he's talking with Everett Ross, um, who, you know, uh, as I've mentioned, is the new Phil Coulson. Yeah, a little bit. I
1: guess... He is. L- yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah.
0: Um, But yeah, like, they're both there to take down Claw. Hmm. Um, yeah, no, I think it flowed very well, and I think the compact um, and the action scene was really, really, like, I don't know. As the Marvel movies go on, the fight scenes
1: and the coordinate, the stunt coordination is raised. Yeah. Yes, I think that's very true. I mean, the action or the fight scenes in this film felt more complex. Yeah. Than previous films. Um. Okay. Uh, quick. I had this thought while you were talking about the the, the fight scenes. Who would win the fight, Coulson or Everett? Everett. Really? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I feel like uh, by Colson I'm just going off the movie Colson. Yeah. Not yeah. not the Agents of Shield. Coulson. I'm trying to the crazy going, at this point.
0: Yeah. No, I'm going by a, really uh, Everett yeah. Ross. Okay. Yeah. I
1: see. I feel like Colson.
0: See no, I think but, like... I think Martin Freeman's cuter than.
1: Ah, oh, okay. Yeah.
0: as well. He's a he's a good looking dude. Yeah. The white hair suits him. Yes, it does. Um, do you want to talk about some of the other characters? Yeah, love to. So what were some of your standout characters for the film?
1: Okay, I think obviously, yeah, T'Challa was really strong. And I think his, um, his sister was the other character that stood out. Yeah, sure. Yeah, who's a, a teenager and basically his tech guy.
0: Yeah, like she's a whiz-bang science genius.
1: What? <laughs> this that turn of phrase was, was very funny. Gee whiz, yeah. Yeah. science...
0: Um, yeah, like she's a technological genius. Um and she does she does a lot of the technical advancements for Wakanda. Yeah. Um,
1: like she works in the science division. Now this, this is not unique to Black Panther. I would say that all Marvel films and to be honest, largely a lot like films in general you could say do this thing with scientists where if, you can be like like one scientist can pretty much do every type of science. Well, so, no, she's the head scientist. But that's not how any like,
0: I, I know, know like I if you've met any
1: scientists, they know. I know a huge amount make, by by like a very n- a narrow a very. You narrow can't film. make films exactly course, like real life. Otherwise, real life,
0: real life is boring.
1: I guess you, Do you really, want really a boring film. I guess just like in yeah. Iron Man three, this really showed when there was that female character who was a bi- biologist, the. The plant biologist trying to crack like a problem and Tony Stark just comes in and cracks it out of nowhere. And I'm it's like it's not even his field. How would he like Well there was no engineer? Yeah, that's true. Well No The closer thing was that she like cured Everett's spine, but she yeah, no, no things No man stepped in and did yes, that. Yes, very true. Yes. No, I, I, I reckon she's like the best character in this film and I'm really hoping that she's in Infinity War in some in some capacity.
0: Okay. Yeah no look I would I mean well I mean Black Panther is going yeah. to be in
1: Infinity War as is Wakanda but I hope it's I hope it's more than just like a like I I hope it's more than just that one scene from the trailer or the Wakandans mm-hmm. running against Thanos' minions like I hope they the, the involvement feels a little bit more holistic and that we get to see some of the support Black Panther supporting cast sort of contributing in more ways than just we see them for a minute in you know, like a fight scene. Um, I so look as we've as we've been talking about this. I mean, we're focused
0: on characters because everyone's seen the film by this stage. So yeah, I mean, if, if you haven't, I mean, we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. We um, this we're going to be talking about spoilers, but I mean, we'd rather not go over the plots of the film. Just because it's going
1: to be yeah very fresh in your mind. So yeah. it'd be more interesting to sort of uh, dive in deep. Yeah, I mean, essentially the the main plot of the film is that Killmonger... Tries to take over the throne,
0: and yeah. T'Challa
1: has to stop him. Um, I'd love to get your read on this quickly in regards to Killmonger. Online, a lot of people are sort of saying that uh, Killmonger is the first Marvel villain that it was right that you can sort of completely relate and understand his point and the validity of it. What What do you think about that? Yeah. Um. To like, no, no. Yeah. Look,
0: I I agree. Um. That he's right, and I mean. Well,
1: his point is about... Yeah, his point like is about... Like, people valid. have gotten a very shitty deal. Yeah,
0: and, well, I mean, he was given a shitty deal, and, like, T'Challa noticed that. I mean, mm. when he was telling the kings in the, sort of... Um, like, throne room? Council no, 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 in the, sort of, astral plane. Oh, no, sorry, there. yes. Yes. The, um, yeah,
1: the ancestor place. Thing. The
0: ancestor plane. <laughs> um, where he told them, they're all wrong. Mm. You created this monster, which is Killmonger.
1: And the way closing Wakanda off to the world. Now. Uh, That, when he called Killmonger a monster, I thought that was unearned. Killmonger didn't really do anything monstrous. Like, there was. He's killed a lot of people because he was a soldier, but to me, that wasn't particularly. Like, that was enough to sell me that he was a villain. He just felt like someone with a different, very radical point of view.
0: Yeah, true. I mean, he was angry when he said that. So, you know. People say things out of anger.
1: Um, but no, I've, if you're
0: going to say that, though, like, I mean, I guess, I mean, Zemo, I, I mean, I, it's been a while since I've seen Civil War, but Zemo was very, like, he wanted the Avengers to split up because yes. of the way they fucked up the Because collateral met, damage, yeah. Collateral damage of, um, in Avengers Age of Ultron.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's a good point. Uh... I think... I don't know. I think, look, I think... Killmonger um, did it better. Yeah. I think Killmonger still had part of the Marvel villain problem. And I saw this... Which in, is? Uh, so, a great example of this as well is the Vulture in, um, in Spider-Man Homecoming. Is that the villains start out relatable. And then they just flip and do something completely monstrous out of the blue that makes you write them off completely. So, for the Vulture... I, I relate to his sort of plight is he's a working man yeah and he got stiffed and he got fu- fucked over by a chain, changing technology mm. um, and now it's harder for him to make a living so he's adapted and people are trying to take away his source of income again and yeah. they and I I I sort of follow him up until the point where he just kills a guy on an because a guy looked at him funny, one of his own goons, mm. and so I'm um, so it just felt unearned and out of character. And for Killmonger, we got the same thing when he comes out of the um... visiting his dad in the in that other plane. He um, like chokes an old lady, yeah, and that wasn't uh, super reflective of the Killmonger we'd seen. Now, admittedly, he did shoot his girlfriend uh, to to get to Claw, yeah. but. I just... I I don't know. I just felt like I never really saw him as a monster as much as, like, an efficient soldier with a a clear vision of how he was going to make the world a better place.
0: Well, you know, it's that whole going mad with power. thing. Now I have power.
1: (sighs) Yeah, I just... But again, look, this isn't unique to Black Panther. Marvel Marvel has a huge... uh, This generally has a villain. What is it, like, absolute power corrupts absolutely? Mm. So that's... I guess that's what's happened. Yeah, I... I think it just could have been... I think they could just signpost in the story better, but, I mean, at the end... Look, at the end of the day, uh, this is... I think that's just... uh, Superheroes' stories are always going to have trouble getting the villains right. And Marvel sort of conceded that its villains exist to serve the heroes, and that was, like, Killmonger definitely is a a catalyst that forces T'Challa to to, uh, stand up to his dad and to sort of move Wakanda out of the shadow. So, in that regard, the character, the villain works really well. I mean, something that's similar move um, comic book-wise, especially in mm-hmm. the Marvel Universe,
0: um, I mean, to T'Challa to and Killmonger. I mean, they're of similar views, but Killmonger's is more extreme. Yeah. Um, Professor X and Magneto. Yeah, that's, that's a great pairing. Yeah, that's a... That's I mean, really they both want to help mutants. Yeah, but... but I mean, Magneto is very much based off his experience. Yeah, I was going
1: to say, informed his extreme view was informed by his experience. extreme experience. Yes, yeah. which is you know he was in Nazi Germany. <laughs> it doesn't get any more extreme than being yeah, in a, in the a the holocaust
0: camp. A, yeah, in a death camp. Um, and you know, he's very much of the fuck the
1: humans. Mm. Um, yeah, and I feel you're right. I think Killmonger is sort of the Magneto to Black Panther. Yeah. I mean it, I think it might be different in the um comics but mm. for the movie wise
0: yeah no and yeah I really enjoyed I really enjoyed Killmonger as a villain I really did enjoy... Michael B
1: Jordan was, really gave a stellar
0: performance Yeah apparently he said this like he's been wanting to play a villain for a while okay so this was his first time which I think is great Um and I think um from what I read the trainer um that he had on Creed yeah also helped him out for this film as well, which is kind of cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, that is cool. Uh, Something that really shone through to me on this film, Billy, is, like, the family vibe of it. Yeah. It did feel
0: kind of weird. It did remind me of a little bit, like, the whole family and, you know, uh, sort of attacking the
1: throne a bit, like the Lion King. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. And, I mean, I guess some of the colour palettes reminded me a little bit of, like, the the really nice sort of, like, the, the trees and the, the sky in the background, especially, yeah. like, the, um, the spirit ancestor plane, it sort of reminded me for a little glimpse of, of Lion King. And maybe that's just because, I mean, that's one of the only other mainstream depictions of Africa we've had on screen, like... Oh, there's been a couple. Oh, uh, no, you're right. Maybe one that's, been, that's stuck in my yeah. conscience. One of,
0: the, one, of the other pe- one of the other characters I want to talk about is Okoye. Um, who's the head of the the um? The only,
1: that's right. Who are the royal guard? Yeah, or the royal guard. Essentially, like they've
0: basically dedicated their lives to protecting the king, um, and, and to having bald heads with yeah. cool tattoos. Um, and it, it, Akaya is played by Denai Guerrera. Okay, um, and she plays. Um, uh... From Walking Dead, Michonne is it Michonne or oh Michonne? Michonne, yes. there
1: we go. Michonne from Walking I Dead. I did not recognize her without an enormous wig. Yeah. Well, is that is Michonne where I assume Michonne wears a wig because of Dreads. Yeah, I think she's got like Dreads and like a bandana or something. Yes.
0: In it. It's I haven't seen The Walking Dead no, since think. like season two. I I, I stopped wow. watching it. I jumped off. I jumped off season three. I don't know the reason. The reasons I jumped off of it is because I think I was reading the comics and it's exactly. Like I, Were they too similar To the comics at the time Well yeah at the
1: time And I know it's very different now But I, I just couldn't be bothered I, I You know what I jumped out A couple of episodes Into season four When the big threat of, In like the first couple episodes Was the flu And I'm like I'm out I don't just want to watch people Get sick in a zombie Apocalypse yeah. in the cold uh, Yeah they're, The Doja Mai my Dor- Dora oh, I'm going to spell it. they're essentially the secret service there's a reason why I, re- I refer to them as the uh, elite royal guard because I didn't yeah. want yeah. <laughs> re- to like, start up the name
0: she just had amazing like like she was her fighting ability was great in the, in the movie but her comedy was like on point like well, she's that, a very dry character so yeah. whenever
1: she sort of said anything smart or sassy it was it, especially it felt especially funny
0: yeah like it was
1: weird like we were we weren't in a
0: overly packed cinema, when we yeah, watched this, when we were during the day, um, I was cracking up a lot, and I think you noticed that because you kept
1: looking over. He, you I was one of th- the only. It people was ni- like a nice and genuine laughs. Yeah. It was a little bit of joy, Billy. I'm not here to. I'm not here to quash that. Really? Well, okay, I am, but I'll, I'll try and keep my mouth shut. Yeah.
0: Um. But no, look, I liked her like serious, but then also cracking at joke humor.
1: Hmm. Ah. Uh, speaking of that. Humour in this film, what do you think, overall? Amazing. It was okay. very well-timed. It wasn't very much like laugh-laugh.
0: Did... Laugh. Yes. It was very, like... I think it's laughs that will
1: stand the test of time, comedy-wise. Whereas, as we've discussed before, not all the jokes do. No. He's looking at you, Iron Man too. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, look, I,
0: I feel like it was, the humour in this film was great. I, don't, I think... It was almost like situational humour as well. Like hmm. the bit... Um, when they've gone to South Korea... And she has to wear a wig, and like, yeah. there's a joke straight away. It's like, I can't wait to get this ridiculous thing. Off. I'm curious if that was a throwback to her hair in The Walking Dead, because I think it might that's be what similar. I was wondering. We're talking about Michelle's hair. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think the, the the thing that this film did really right, humor wise, was if there was an opportunity for humor, mm-hmm. they would they would crack a joke, but they didn't go deliberately hunting humor. No, with, I feel like. Guardians of the Galaxy started this arms race in Marvel's films where you have to be as ridiculous and funny as possible yeah. and I think Thor Ragnarok almost fell into that trap for me a little bit where a lot of the scenes felt like they were there just to build as many laughs like Taika Waititi's character is pure comic relief in that film the character that he voices mm. uh, and it just felt a little bit too hand-fisted whereas here like the last were good yeah. because they yeah because they felt more organic Um so
0: Two other characters, two side characters that mm. I wanted to talk about, um, were M'Baku and uh, Wakabi. So, Wakabi was played by Daniel Kalua, who is in Get Out. I was about to say. And um, is up for, I'm pretty sure he's up for an Oscar for Get Out. Yeah, I,
1: that sounds about right. Yeah, so they're like... He, he Wakabi, was the leader of one of the tribes. Yeah,
0: which is sort of
1: the security for um, Wakanda. With their shield cloaks. That is what? amazing. The... I like the idea. Visually, I was a little bit like... like It I, it didn't quite connect for me visually, but it was a cool idea. Yeah. And Mubaku is the
0: um, head of the Jabari tribe, who is sort of like outcast
1: because oh, yes. they didn't want to unify. They wanted to take the throne. And they follow uh, like a giant ape, a gorilla god instead. Yeah. Of. Not now, to be confused with Gorilla Grodd, yeah, now, who was not fun- in this film. Yeah. Now,
0: funnily enough... So, in the comics, he's called Man-Ape.
1: Yeah. uh, uh, A little little bit problematic using that terminology. Yeah,
0: so Marvel thought there was very much uh, racial sort of... Very racially charged. Yeah, racially charged. I mean, that... So, he's not called Man-Ape at all. I mean, he's um, called... He's not described or talked about Man-Ape in the film. It's Mumbaku. And I think a lot of his... Basis for this film were on a particular run of Black Panther, which is by
1: Christopher Priest, by any chance? Yes,
0: um, and we'll talk about that more in if you want. If you like this, read this. Yeah, or, I'm think. sure I uh, Priest will. But come yeah, up. I really liked Winston Duke as Mbaku. He he
1: was another one who had like he was very dry humor, like Okoya. and the, yeah, that's right. The joke about them all being vegans. Yes, I like that. The, the, I did like yeah that the outcast tribe uh came to to Charla's aid in the end and i i liked that again sort of their animal the animal that they've chosen as their totem or whatever you want to call it reflects the way they dress and the way they fight which feels very strength driven mm. uh, like a lot of their guys are wielding big two-handed weapons
0: it's very much like a like it was a, um, a staff with like
1: a ball on me. A like
0: ball, a, like, yeah, like the stuff continues and ends up being like a club at the end. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. It's like very, may, allows you to kind of like swing
1: it. Well, it's like a baseball bat. Yeah, almost with. But like, more deadline. Yeah. So you mentioned Wakabi before. Something I'd like to bring up, I guess, associated with him is the giant yeah. 3D animated war rhinos. Yes. <laughs> I, thought I, thought were, that were cool. I thought
0: they were kind of cool. they were a bit much. It reminded me a bit of, um, I'm not sure if, you know, you might be too young for this. Um, I, I am too young. I'm very young. Uh, the TV show Dino Riders, which was essentially like um, people this, on dinosaurs with yeah, guns? this like futuristic, re- uh, futuristic like humans and like bad mutants or something. They travelled back to Earth and they were stuck on prehistoric Earth, and it was very much like they took over the they controlled dinosaurs as their like pets and weapons sort of thing. Like, and it's almost like the The carnivorous
1: dinosaurs were part of the bad guys. Like how cars were autobots and like military vehicles were Decepticons. Yes. Um, Fun fact about the rhinos did you know that they were all played by Andy Serkis? (laughs) Your face! (laughs) I I feel like you thought I I was genuinely going to give you a fact. I feel like you set me up on that. I 100% want to talk about this. I 100% wrote us into that. Like a mighty dino rider.
0: I thought it was
1: kind of cool. Yeah, like, it. look, it's a superhero movie, and I get that they needed something to sort of raise the stakes mm. in that battle, yeah. because uh, Maccabi's men were losing, so it makes sense that, like, the rhinos were a way that he could get the upper hand, mm. and they could sort of escalate the combat. And visually, they looked quite good, but, I don't know, I just felt it was, like, a little bit much. Um, what did you think of Angela Bassett as Ramonda, and Forrest I- Whitaker as Uri? I liked Angela Bassett's hair in this film. Is that all? Well, she was a good character, but yeah. her hair, for me, really stood out. Yeah, she just is. looked very badass. Well, I feel like a lot of the
0: cinematography and costumes... Mm. Um, like, it is based on like African culture. But I feel like a lot of it is also based on um, the current run of Black Panther, which is uh, written to- Coates. Yes. Yeah, so he's writing that, yeah. Because, like, um, uh, Ramonda looks, like, out of her regal gear, looks exactly how she does out of her regal gear in the comics, the current comics that I've been reading of Black
1: Panther. Okay. And I thought that was kind of cool. I, I, I need to actually read the current run of Black Panther. I've heard it's good.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. No, look, I, I really like Angela Bassett. She's one of my favorite actresses.
1: She definitely brings like a just a, a warmth to the role. Yeah, as she did in this film.
0: At, so does Forest Whitaker. There's like this, like Forrest Whitaker can play an evil dude and mm. a really, and a really cool dude. Like in this, he like I like that he was very much a spiritual figure. Um, like Kuga called him the Black Panther version of Obi Wan Kenobi.
1: Yeah, sort of the 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 sensei, and I guess the spiritual grounding for T'Challa yeah. in this film. It was almost like the. It was almost he was almost like T'Challa's
0: uncle, essentially. Yeah. Even though, like you know, the no blood relation.
1: Mm. It's like that spiritual figure that's as close to you as your a parent is. But I think that was a big theme in this movie. Is, and I look. I don't know if it's exclusively a Western idea, uh, but the idea of the family, like the immediate biological family unit, is a result of. Sort of capitalism, right? Because you want to know who your kids and family are, so you can they can inherit things, and you keep the wealth in the family. Whereas this film sort of felt like all of Wakanda felt like a family, and at the end of the film, he gives that speech about how the world needs to be one big tribe, and yeah. now we need to sort of shift to that mindset. So I I think that idea really permeated this whole film that we're you know that we're all kin, and that we all need to act like it, mm. which I thought again really poignant given the rise of some pretty divisive politics at the moment. Yeah. No. Look, I I really enjoyed this film a lot. Um, now,
0: Andy Circus. Yeah. He was back as Ulysses Claw. He was. What did you think? Okay, so Ulysses Claw in the comics, we know. Um, so essentially, in the comics, he um, did try to mine and steal vibranium. Um, now, what happened? He. In the comics, he killed T'Chaka. Uh, T'Chaka oh. defended um, defended uh, Wakanda from uh, mm-hmm. Ulysses Klaw. Um I know how like he's he, I think his 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 name is also spelled differently in this film as well. It's, it's looks Klaw. German because it's yeah. like Klaus, like Santa Claus. Yeah, it's like K L A U E, whereas
1: in the comics it's K L A W. Um, Which is, I guess, like K L A W is a bit comic booky, so it yeah. makes sense that they change the name.
0: Um, Now, yeah, in the comics, he does have like a sound cannon type thing. He's obsessed with vibranium and its properties and everything. Now, something happens to him in the comics—an accident. I think it's when doesn't he become made of pure sound? Yeah, and that's I think when um, T'Chaka is sorry, not T'Chaka, T'Challa is. Um, Sort of defending and sort of avenging his father's death. Like he did, he does, um, Lys-Claw loses his hand while T'Challa defends after his father's just died. But then, yeah, as a return, like an accident happens and he becomes made of pure sound. Now, in this, that's probably he's a bit got, too much for a film, I reckon. Yeah, in this, he's got, like, an
1: actual hand Like a cyborg arm. Cyborg arm, which is kind of cool, but yeah. It, it does look a bit clunky when, like, the flesh-coloured bits yeah. uh, sort of uh, come up to reveal the gun. It does gum. look like something that could be made in a 3D printer. But look, maybe that was the point. Yeah. Um, did, you, did you think his performance was a little bit over the top? It was a little bit hammy, but yeah, I feel like I that's what hammy. they were going for.
0: Like this over-the-top South African black market dealer. Like the yeah. South African accent was very like... Oh, it was a lot. It was very much like... No um, South Africans talk totally. No, it was like Leonardo DiCaprio's In, in Blood, Blood Diamond. Diamond. <laughs> the Diamond.
1: Uh, yeah. You know what? I feel like South Africans have had, get a pretty bad run when it comes to film representation. Yes. Um, yeah, no, look. Uh, um, I mean, as we know, he dies in the film. Which is it
0: was interesting. I, I thought of I he was going to be s- like a recurring asshole. Yeah, a recurring Like, re- you have these... Like, in some comic book films, you have this reoccurring guy who gets beat up in, like, five
1: minutes type thing. I feel like he was going to be one of those for mm. the Marvel Universe. Like, a reoccurring dickhead. It, I guess it made sense, though, because his death really did accelerate the plot. Yeah. And was a, a big, important part of the He plot. was essentially a plot device. Because yeah. Well, I he think... represented uh, T'Chaka's failures in many ways. Yeah, and
0: I feel like... Like, um, Everett Ross kind of says that. That's, like, what um, Killmonger's training is, to, like, destabilise nations during, like, a presidentship or a new ministerial... Yeah, change like, over thing. power. Of the yeah, and I feel mark. like maybe that's what Killmonger was doing, using
1: of course Claw to in favours. Using everyone. I mean, yeah. that opening scene when we first meet Killmonger, I thought these people were going to be, like, his crew that he'd have, but yeah. he ditches them very quickly. The one thing, like, you know... i guess it wasn't
0: i don't know the fact that sort of um i mean i don't know if it was revealed like was it revealed that t'challa's uncle actually led claw to the vibranium to everyone
1: i believe if it wasn't i don't know if it was blatantly no you know what i think it was blatantly stated that that he had betrayed yeah i would have thought like but it's because he felt that vibranium needed to be out into the world so that it could, you know, arm yeah, but no, I people thought, well, being oppressed. Wakabi would have then wanted to kill
0: Killmonger because essentially Killmonger is. Mm. I don't know. That was my one tiny thing. I kind
1: of got the impression that Wakabi.
0: Waka- uh, probably just of, wanted Claude and that's it.
1: Yeah, and I think Wakabi sort of came across as. Like, he's older. He sort of. He's had his time in the sun. He's. Done that dark, like hard. Made hard decisions, made tough calls, and is happy to now not have to do that anymore.
0: Mm. Um, now, before we go on to our stand watch, I figured we talk. Like so this is essentially the last film before Infinity War, and it, there wasn't yes. very much anything about Infinity War in this except the after credits stinger, and, and even, even that that was, that was more very, character. Like, different. there's no. Thanos in the background, there's no Infinity mm. Gem, like there's no Vibranium is an Infinity Gem type thing. And that's why this movie was good, in yeah. my opinion. Um, because it
1: was character-driven and not universe-driven. Yeah,
0: so as per um, Marvel Cinematic Universe the, there's the first credits, which is essentially... Film and film-related, yeah? the, yeah, the mid credits stinger is meant to be for the next film and the after-credit was about is meant to be about the current oh, film. Oh, sorry, I
1: got the order wrong. Yeah, yeah But
0: that's... lately they've been switching it up. So in this one, the mid-credit scene is Black Panther speaking of the United Nations. Speaking of the United Nations It's saying, Look, Wakanda's borders are now open to thingoing. And everyone's like, well, What do you mean? You're just farmers. And it's like,
1: ha, <laughs> ha. It's like, Oh, wait till we show you all the shit we've got. Yeah. And I said this to you straight after: that the after-credit scene should have just been part of the movie. It didn't. Yeah. I think in a certain because they're such a mandatory thing now. I think often they, they, we're gonna. I think we're gonna see more of this sort of little bit an extra scene from the movie becoming the art, the stinger. I feel like that.
0: Like I know where it could have gone. It could have gone pretty much before um, uh, to Charlie's story where the new building is going to be. Yeah. But,
1: yes that's a good point the first outreach or even up. like it just could have been the end of it after like it could have been before or after that scene it uh, mm. worked equally well now
0: the after credits stinger though yeah is like we know for sh- we know that um, uh, Bucky slash Winter Soldier was mm. given to the Wakandans
1: to help I, and I get out of his brainwash that's been programmed into him over the years what did you think happened to him like, did, did, what do you think the Wakandans were doing with him
0: well I mean he was in a deep sleep and I feel like they were just trying to deprogram him I like, can, I mean, we didn't mm. see any of that process maybe oh, we might see it. I can
1: actually speak to that So apparently there is a comic yes yeah and in the time comic it is Black Panther's uh, sister who figures out a way not so much to reprogram him but teach him yeah, I think to make like it... that so, the, the treat to thing. Yeah, and to get... So those triggers, those word triggers don't trigger him anymore. Yeah. Because that's the main thing that he has to deal with, is the fact that people... It, essentially, as established in Civil War, if anyone says that specific sequence of right. phrases to him, he goes All Winter Soldier on them.
0: Um, yeah, and it just him walking out of a hut in a robe, looking very... He's wounded a
1: little bit, Billy. I, I, I. His beard was looking good. Yeah, his beard and his hair it was very
0: <laughs>
1: dreamy. I do like how they're they're What is it? swallow? Swall? Yeah. Thick. Yeah. thick about, I don't yeah, know. T h th- 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 th-
0: i c c. I'm just throwing out words. Um, but point. yeah, look,
1: it looks really good. Sebastian stain. It's like, oh, yeah. I do like. I did like the idea that he's just sort of been chilling out in nature in Wakanda sort of to, to re-find himself. Yeah. And they called him the... the they had a nickname for him. The just White, White Wolf. Wolf. Which is kind of cool. Well, also, I believe that name is also taken by Geralt of... Riv- Riv- Riviera? Riviera? Riviera. Uh, the Witcher. So oh, okay. Are you familiar with the Witcher franchise? A little bit. Because he's, he's often referred to as a White Wolf. So okay. So, I... Immediately, that sprung to mind. Yeah, so it looks like um, Shuri is um, still teaching him. And... I thought that was nice. I, yeah. Although no, I do find good, it's that... it's good. I sh- look, but that does make me think what was he doing for the entirety of this film. But maybe he's just not combat ready. Yeah. He didn't have his arms. No, he didn't. So, we ready for- shall we go to Stanwatch? Stan Lee can fuck right off. Like, I just... I, I'm just You really this. do not like Stan Lee. Look, it's not that I've I anything mean, against I know Stan you- Lee. I just am so over these goddamn cameos. Well,
0: you said he can fuck right off. Well, you know, he soon might. I don't know whether. Oh I don't, wow. know, I don't know whether
1: he's going up or down. What though. a pivot! What a pivot to the impending uh, mortality of Stanley. Look, just uh, given that my wife is a nurse and that I used to work in a hospital, like he's ninety-five, yeah. And if he's still currently in hospital, I think the likelihood of him going home is not super high. Um,
0: I think he you no. Know, I think he went home.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, well, so he's keep... had some heart issues. We should make light of the fact. Yeah, like he's an old man and possibly will die. Yeah, and it sucks But I mean, like, at 95 You've had a a run that's a lot, lot better than Yeah, than a lot of other people I wonder if he'll mention Or give, uh,
0: I don't know Before he dies Yes, these people actually were Like, give people in, credit? Give people
1: credit for creating stuff Or will he do a Bob Kane Where, did, do you know about Bob Kane's grave? Uh yes Where it has this big rant about how He alone created Batman And the gift was given to him by God And it's so stupid Ah uh... Um, So what's our old mate stand up to in this film, Billy? So
0: in this film, um, in the South Korea scene where they're in the underground sort of casino slash... Illegal casino. Illegal arms deal slash uh, all sorts of other deals going on. Stanley's in there stealing um, the winnings from... To uh, Ch- T'Challa that he just left there
1: yeah so he's rich Stanley now so he's stealing stuff in this as he does in real life <laughs> <laughs> that's chip the chips were the credit he's stolen yes. from various other artists <laughs> um yeah like it just felt heavy handed and stupid and again I'm, I'm a big believer that the best Stanley cameos is when he's like in a crowd or he's just playing like a generic old man I or didn't he's... mind this one it was
0: a bit thing. it was kind of funny here I'm just going to steal the money that's it. Like, yeah. It wasn't an overly long or drawn out one. Look, it was no
1: superheroes in New York. I wonder if
0: this was one of the ones that was filmed prior though. Because there's a couple of that I know have been filmed in a bulk and this kinda looked
1: like it might have been. Quite potentially. Imagine what a as day for Stan Lee of filming bulk cameos. He'd just be going from like costume to costume. Well he'd
0: be wearing similar costumes, wouldn't he?
1: Not always. I, I guess he's wearing suits a lot of the time Yeah, it, That's true It depends if he's like a classy old man or disheveled old man Yes So that was Stanwatch Beloved segment Stanwatch
0: yes. I'd like to add um, So we're getting near the end of the podcast mm. So we're going to discuss uh, If you like this yeah. Then read this So Christoph, what have you got in regards to If you like this, read this
1: Yeah, okay, so I'm going to talk a little bit about the I, I believe it was called Black Panther Man Without Fear. So this was when he took over Daredevil's beat in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. Um. And the thing I liked about this one in particular was the fact that it, uh, basically it was T'Challa without his technology. And I think without the um, was it without the the, the serum powers as well? of
0: her, yeah, the other herb?
1: Yeah. So it just felt very Batman-y. Mm. You know. Uh. And I remember really enjoying this one. It was written by David Liss, who. Unfortunately, he isn't doing anything else for Marvel at the moment. And to be honest, he's still doing comic stuff, but for mm. smaller publishers. Um, and I'm trying to remember, as is often the case with these books, there are a couple of different artists on it. Uh, and I'm trying to remember who... I think... F- is it friend. F- oh, you know what? I, for the life of me, I can't remember the, the mm. artist. But there was a, quite a good team of artists. Um, oh, here we go. S- Simone... Bacelli was one of the artists mm-hmm. uh, and there were, there were a few others as, as well because I think he overall probably did close to like maybe 10 issues yeah. I think it's two or three trades collect this one including his um, the, the trade of the Fear Itself time which was the event at the time okay. which from memory the Fear Itself stuff wasn't great but the last sort of story arc which was I believe T'Challa going up against the Kingpin I remember being particularly good so if you like um Black Panther, that is, yeah, a, a, a fun Black Panther book. So one of the comics I want to talk about is...
0: A lot of people think this is the quintessential run that everyone should read of Black Panther. It's Christ- is, Christopher Priest? Yes, it's Christopher P- Priest. And he was the first ever uh, person of colour to write T'Challa as well.
1: Yeah, and that's what I... It's kind of... Because what era was he writing Black Panther in? Yeah. Um, would it would have been the eighties or the 70s? You put, no, no, it would have been like ninety-eight. Things. Whoa, Christopher Priest. Given that this character was created in the sixties, it's not like it's it's a long time. It's not great that it took that long to um yeah. to bring in a writer so of color.
0: There's various collections. Um, so just look up at your local comic book store online, like a Christopher Priest
1: collection, and you should be able to find one. Um, what's another one that you want to talk about? Um, look, I'm just going to quickly. I've got the artists now that were involved in the Man Without Fear on. Yeah. Uh, so written by David Liss, Uh Jafet Paylor was one of the artists. As was Francesco Frankavilla, who mm-hmm. um, whose work I have really enjoyed. He's done a whole bunch of a uh, bunch of stuff for the B two. You know, I think this week I've just got I've just got that pick. I don't actually uh, for people who don't usually listen to the show during the segment. We also talk about. Uh, Pixar and non-Marvel related that might yeah. encapsulate the spirit or the tone, but yeah, none really jump in into my head. Okay, um, the other run that I want to talk about,
0: which is I feel like, as well as the Christopher Priest run, the uh, Tanisi Coates run. Yeah, which is the current, current run. Yeah, on the current back. run. And the thing is, with his run, he's been involved with a lot of, um, like, there's a main Black Panther series, and there's been a couple of spin-offs. Yeah, there's yeah. been a couple of spin-offs like Black Panther and the Crew, which is which involves a lot of. Um, like, it's Black Panther has his own uh, team um, in New York for of, it's of a all characters of color. Yeah, there's like Luke Cage, Storm, um, uh, Manifold. Who's Manifold? The indigenous. Uh, yeah. Indigenous character. I think he's Indigenous. I'm not sure, though.
1: No, I my understanding is because I know the writer, you know, a clever man. Like he's Australian. And so uh, the series Clever Man, the creator of that series, Ryan Griffin, is a huge fan of Manifold. Yeah. Um, like, I
0: know, like, so Manifold was being taught by an indigenous sort of X-Men character called Gateway. I don't know if... Ah, uh, okay. uh, okay. thing. I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not saying what it really was, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was, because I thought, yes, friggin' yeah, like, you know, um, an Australian mutant...
1: Yeah, for similar. sure. A, um, Australian representation is hard to come by in comics. Because they then usually can, end up being... Like, having oh, a room yeah, ring. mate? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, Another shrimp on the barbie! I remember oh, in one yeah. of the
1: X-Men cartoons, I think it might have been X-Men Re- Evolution, uh, Pyro like was, like, Australian and always made, bar- I believe, barbecue references. Yeah. Like, fuck So, off. Pyro um,
0: is he's one Australian? of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, and he's Australian, yeah. and it's always he like, him but. as Okra. Um If you watch the original pilot for the first men f- animated series I think it's called Pride of the X-Men um they've got Wolverine in it talking like an, a really bad Aussie even though he's Canadian I have no idea why um yeah <sighs> anyway so as part of that other yeah, okay. bit, uh, Black Panther and the crew uh, yep. Misty Knight's in it as well um and then there's also like a side series to his ongoing series which is called Black Panther World of Wakanda
1: and is that just sort of expanding the vision of Wakanda that Coates yes. is laying out um, and i believe um, she uh, it's being handled by Roxanne Gay. Oh, of course cuz I knew she yeah. was involved in one of the um, one of the spin-offs and that was yeah. a big deal cuz she's a, a very well-respected novelist for yes. comics so
0: yeah like it's i think Tanisi Coates is like you know um, sort of head writer and possibly editor Editor for the other series. Or so something. okay, so he's
1: like he's sort of
0: laying out the vision of what he wants to the do current, with the yeah, with Black Panther corner. And then the yeah, there's other people. So like just look up all the the sort of spin offs off his his run, current run. Another one I wanted to talk about is um, there was a Marvel Knights run of Black Panther for a while. Did that um, have
1: John Romita Junior on art? Just because I'm yeah. seeing the cover on your on your phone, yeah, and that no. is undoubtedly John Romita Jr. Yeah, no, that was yeah, that was
0: definitely it. So that is also a run that's meant to be good as well. Okay, yeah.
1: good to know. Well, look, yeah, there's so much uh, great Black Panther comics stuff out there if you're a, a fan of the character. Yes.
0: So this has been us this week. Yeah. Uh, next week we'll be back to our normal. Um, back on our bullshit. Back on our bullshit, and we'll be talking about. I think next Ooh. week's episode is going oh, to no, be... Oh, no, it's Thor
1: 2. Thor 2. Oh, oh Thor God, no, world. fuck, why? Um, <laughs>
0: Where we can, can people find us, Billy? Yes. Yeah, so Geek. people can find us on geekofoz.com or mm-hmm. Facebook slash geekofoz. Our podcast is located on Walsharka. Uh, yes. But, I mean, just look up To Infinity War and Beyond yeah. and you'll find it. Um, I'm on Twitter. Um Christopher is on Twitter as well.
1: Uh, you can yeah, reach yeah us at on Weekly Geek and at Aquilect yes and um, you can
0: just reach us on Geek.io well. yeah
1: and as I have been plugging I, uh, the last couple of episodes Kickstarter I'm involved in uh called Corpus and Anthology of Bodily Ailments is on Kickstarter Um, we've hit a little bit of a slump so look please uh, please consider checking it out and throwing us some money if you're interested in stories about the experience of living with illness a uh, whole bunch of really talented people involved in that so just go to Kickstarter and type in Corpus awesome Uh, see you next week yeah see you next week guys